0: Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, Evo.
1: Happy Friday, Gina.
0: Um, so how you feeling today? Today I feel I feel effing great. Yeah, no stress. We're gonna try to keep it clean. <laughs> Cause I almost just dropped the F bomb yeah. right away.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just out the gate.
0: Out the gate. Yeah. Um, I feel fantabulous today. Good because i started off the day beating a boss in zelda tears of the kingdom and from then on i was like let's go yeah
1: i just want to say that i am blessed to have the ability to play video games with my wife man. i mean <laughs> i'm to tell you from a guy's point of view or from a guy's perspective that is a beautiful thing to have and i you know and we kind of like bump heads a bit right about kinda. about playtime right and at first I was like, damn, I can't believe like you know we're you know we're arguing about like who's gonna play and I, and I thought about it. I was like, not for nothing, but that's actually a good problem to have for a yeah, guy I you guess. know when you're arguing with your with your girl about who's gonna get more time on the game
0: so. I actually c- contemplated going out and getting another console <laughs> yeah. so I could just play by myself. <laughs> then I was like, that's a little crazy yeah, that's that a little crazy.
1: crazy. We worked it out. we worked it out. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> so today we're actually talking about stress. And the reason why we're talking about this topic is because I was like uber stressed the other day. And I said to myself, I want to talk about something on the show that everybody can relate to. And I think everybody can relate to stress. Also, this rolls off the back of our last episode, Sobriety Chronicles. We got a lot of amazing feedback from our audience about how much people enjoyed that episode and how relatable it was. So that got me thinking about Trying to talk about topics that are very relatable to our audience, no matter the kind of person that you are. Young, old, black, white, it doesn't matter. I feel like stress is something that everyone and anyone can relate to, but it was... If you ain't
1: got no stress, then... um, Then God bless. God bless and check your pulse. Yeah, God bless.
0: (laughs) So the other day, I was having quite a bit of stressful, what I would consider thoughts, and it was because... I sometimes like to do this thing where I put on these personal expectations on myself. And what that means is that I'm setting excessively high expectations for myself in various areas of my life that can lead to this constant pressure and or stress feeling. Mm -hmm. And what was happening to me the other day was I was contemplating how the day was gonna play out and I started to immediately become stressed about the day because I felt like I had so many things that I needed to complete in that day. And the reason why I felt stressed is because the way that I like to go about my day, I set high expectations for myself. I want to achieve a lot of things within one day and I found myself like upset about that. So, Number one was my workout regimen. That was what triggered the entire stressful day that I had the other day. So I've kind of hit like a rough patch where I'm feeling like not really inspired, not really motivated. Even though I'm super disciplined, I would say that I work out minimum four days a week and I'm clocking over 20 days a month of being active the last couple of days, I would say even the last couple of weeks have been harder for me to get to get going. So then there was that. Then the second one was preparing for the podcast. I felt a little stressed. I felt stressed about that because we were really kind of trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about. And again, here I am setting these high expectations on myself of. How can this be one of the best episodes ever? That's the way that I'm always thinking. Yeah, which is really ridiculous. It's our weekly but, struggle. Yeah, and then the last thing was um, preparing for our trip that we're going away this weekend. So you know me, I like to have my checklist. I like to make sure that we have everything. So all those three, those three things together, plus just my everyday chores, which is like taking care of the cats. You know the kitchen cooking dinner i just found myself feeling angry Mm. and really wanting to put a full stop to everything on that day and not do anything
1: so when you're going through that does 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 that stress manifest for you physically yeah like 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 does it cause like a headache or like muscle tension or anything like that what is it what do you mean like when when i say does it manifest for you physically what does that mean to you
0: that means that i become cranky and i then become a little bit more snappy with the people in my house
1: so that would be like that would be like an emotional manifestation right but i'm what i'm wondering is that like does the stress get so severe or so intense mm. that you physically start to feel it has that ever happened to you
0: i would say that the one effect that it has on me it will make me feel tired mm. i
1: not- will
0: feel like i just need to literally stop moving and rest because my brain is trying to do too many things at one time so i would consider that a physical
1: yeah yeah i definitely would see that as a physical and how do you work through that
0: i generally just go to sleep take a
1: nap (laughs) that sounds about right
0: (laughs) i don't want to get into all my tricks yet just yet but there's actually kind of like a joke on the internet you know i got all these things to do today Mm. and then it's like a nap nap. (laughs) Even though it's hard for me nowadays to take a nap because again, I'm setting these personal expectations on myself of like how much I wanna achieve in a day. So taking a nap sometimes seems like not the right idea. But as I will talk about later, I've learned that rest is a vital aspect in my life when it comes to how I function. So I just wanna give a little bit of understanding of like what stressors are events or situations that challenge our ability to cope. Often leading to feelings of tension, anxiety, or overwhelming. They can be a major they can be major life changes like a job loss, a breakup, daily hassles such as traffic, disagreements. Our response to stressors depends on various factors, including our personality, our past experiences, and our support networks. And when I was looking into like what that meant, I would say that my support networks, it kind of goes in reverse for me. It's like my support networks, my past experiences, and then my personality is kind of like how I manage things. Um, You being my biggest support network, so there are a lot of times where I'm feeling that overwhelming sensation of stress, I will then say to you, can you take on some of these things that need to get done Cause I'm feeling overwhelmed, and that is a big deal for me.
1: Now, do you, do you find it, do you find that when you, do you find it, like, um, do you find it helpful to talk about your stressors, or do you like to keep them within, like, to yourself? I mean, and I mean outside of our relationship, right? Because we talk about mm-hmm. a lot of things, and I know that you know you've lived a large portion of your life perceiving that everything is okay.
0: Yeah, that's why I said it's big for me to even ask for help.
1: So how do you manage outside of taking a nap, right? Mm -hmm. When you're not feeling tired Mm -hmm. and you're still dealing with stress and you're not talking to me. Mm -hmm. For someone like yourself who likes to perceive that everything is okay, even though there's a lot going on. How does someone like that deal with the stressors? What What are some activities that you do that help you manage those stressors? within yourself so that you're not dumping it on someone or, or per se or not having to just get on the phone and talk to somebody when you know you mm-hmm. obviously you prefer not to or in some cases there's just nobody available
0: It's interesting that you asked me like how do I manage it and how do I I think you used the word active and one or, of my some of, some of the activities Activities, activities yes, yes thank you that is probably the biggest thing for me. My physical activity is my number one stress manager for me. It's funny because at the top of the show, I said that one of my stressors the other day was my workout regimen. Yeah. And I say workout, but in current time for Gina, it's more about being physically active more than anything. It doesn't mean that every day I'm going to the gym. One of my, I would say the biggest way that I manage stress is being physically active. So I like to what I would consider mentally disconnect in a way where I'm just focusing on me and not any of those outside experiences that are causing me stress. So I love to hike. That's a big thing for me. It allows me to be totally disconnected for several hours Um, I actually went on a hike the other day with my cousin and we hiked for what felt like three and a half hours, something like almost six miles. And him and I were just having a conversation. We were just talking about life and love and, you know, just our experiences. Sounds
1: really relaxing.
0: That helps me so much. And then we went and we had some good food afterwards. Uh, then the next day I actually went like on a 14 mile bike ride. Those Physical activities is what helps me manage, um, and helps me. It helps me manage the stress because I'm not sure if everybody's aware of this. That when you're physically active, your brain is releasing endorphins, mm-hmm. and these are natural stress relievers. Yeah. So that's why sometimes when I see Evo doing physical activity, I try to encourage him to get off of his devices because i want him to be solely like immersed in that experience so that you're getting those endorphins and so that when you do a, incur stress you've gotten some of that you gotten some of that hit of that good feeling so maybe you're not going to be as i guess in my terms cranky about something i literally felt cranky the day before yesterday and and if i'm going to be if, if if i'm being 100, i really just Really, just wanted to say f it all and just play Zelda all day.
1: Yo, Zelda will, will have that effect on you, especially yeah. this one. I'm, you know, side note. I said this to you, mm-hmm. you know, privately in our relationship. I feel that the designers of this games of this particular game of Zelda um, were geniuses. Yeah, because it's literally like crack. You start playing it and you just want to keep going to the next objective and the next objective yeah. and the next objective. And um, it's so interactive. It's so free play, so free roam. You can do a bunch of things. There's like four or five different ways to solve the same objective, which I think is great.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's not get too much into that. I don't yeah, I'm divert sorry. The yeah, obviously, we're
1: very passionate about this game. So,
0: but uh, so I want to tell you what switched my mental on that day where I was feeling like that. I came across a video on TikTok of Venus Williams. And she was talking about how being disciplined is actually freedom. Mm. Because when you exercise your discipline, you then can do the things that you want to do. Because when you're not being disciplined about your life, then you start to incur anxiety. You start to incur stress because you don't know how to properly manage these things. Because you're not putting yourself in an environment where you're doing hard things and then exercising that discipline. So, I'm I'm not probably quoting the the clip right, but she basically just said discipline is freedom. And when I tell you that got my butt right off of that like cranky, I don't want to do anything feeling because I consider myself someone who thrives in discipline. Because of my past experiences in life and I was saying earlier that um, your past experiences is really one of the ways that you, how people respond to stress. So based on my past experiences in life and my childhood, teenage and young adult life, I've known that being disciplined has got me through a lot of hard things. Mm -hmm. So like I feel like I thrive in that. But then, you know, I'm human. I have those moments where I'm just like, this is too much. And um, back to something you said a little earlier about physically how stress comes out. There's times I just cry because I I feel like I need to get that feeling, that overwhelming, that tension. I feel like I need to let it out. And one of the best ways for me to let it out is to cry.
1: It's like a form of expression. Like you're expressing that emotion out and letting it out. And so out of these... Out of these methods that you've mentioned, which is working out and crying, mm-hmm. um, would you consider those your go-to's? Like,
0: well, I would say I have three. You have three. Yeah. So first and foremost is physical activity. Uh, second is sleep, and I when I say take a nap, yes, that's part of it. But I actually mean adequate sleep. I mean getting my eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know that that is not a joke. That's essential. Yes. I, I do not play. I do not play around with that. Out yeah. Of I here. do not play around when it comes to getting adequate sleep um i actually listened to something the other day about you know how your brain works and how as humans that's the one thing that we will push aside all the time is Mm -hmm. sleep we'll say oh i hang out a little bit longer then you know your sleep gets this your sleep gets sacrificed or you work a little bit more your sleep gets sacrificed so i'm not willing to sacrifice sleep because i've learned that when i don't get adequate rest and i don't get adequate sleep the way that i'm able to tackle a day feels excruciating and then i feel more stressed because i'm not readily prepared for the day so i do not i double down on sleep and then the last one is eating well eating well really is a big one for me and um That wasn't always part of my life. I, a lot of times, did the complete opposite. When I was stressed, I ate unwell. I I would tell myself things like, I deserve this, I had a hard day, or I should get a glass of wine. because." And then what I didn't realize is is that I was putting myself in like this vicious cycle of numbing the way that I was feeling versus learning how to manage the way that I was feeling. So, healthy diet is um, a big one. And then, you know, crying.
1: I mean, they all sound like very effective ways on managing stress.
0: And I think that they're very realistic.
1: Yeah, they are. They are very realistic.
0: I would think that people would say, I could do this. I think the physical activity one may be something that some people may be a little apprehensive, depending on how they can fit it into their schedule. No, no.
1: I feel, I you know, I agree. And disagree kind of with what you're saying, because I think that there's still some joy in in just showing up. Right. I think that mm-hmm. if you're not the type of person that is physically active and you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't work out, you know, so that's not going to work for me. And, you know, and working out is I don't have time. Um, if you could imagine yourself just showing up for just getting dressed and showing up for a push up or two mm-hmm. and walking away and saying, all right, you know, I'm not I didn't. Do the workout that she did but i worked out today i did something yeah you know that puts you two steps closer to actually working out i mean that's got to feel better than what it was before when you weren't doing anything and so those little actions you know they they do have some effect i think that you know
0: well one of my biggest physical activities is just straight walking mm-hmm. and i enjoy that thoroughly because of that ability to disconnect my time alone my time with my thoughts my time with nature I went on a walk with a friend the other day and we decided to meet in the middle of town. So when I met with her, I went over the things that I observed on my way to her. And we know we kind of giggled because I explained to her like I was laughing at something a squirrel did, at something a bird did. But those are the moments that help me tackle life mm-hmm. because I'm experiencing moments of awe, moments of joy that are just for me. So even if it's as simple as something as walking, I literally love to walk. And you can do, on average, because I walk quite often, I could do a mile in a little, you know, anywhere near 20 minutes. You do 2 miles in 40, you do 3 miles in an hour. You know, a little faster, a little slower, depending on how fast you want to walk. So if you can spare 20 minutes, if you can spare 30 minutes, if you can spare an hour... I think I consider those things very possible for managing stress and I just wanted to add one of my other um, stresses that I feel like a lot of people also deal with that is wholeheartedly a Gina thing that I do, and it's um, the uncertainty about the future. You and I have talked about this in a previous episode. Not knowing what lies ahead in terms of career, relationships, or life circumstances can be extremely anxiety-inducing. As someone who is self-employed, a freelancer who's dealing with two strikes right now, um, I'm dealing with uncertainty about the future very heavily right now. I'm trying to manage it the best that I can, which is not living in the future, not thinking about the what-ifs, just managing what I can do now, managing my finances now, and taking opportunities generally that I potentially wouldn't take but have been great, Mm -hmm. just very grueling, but still great opportunities. So I'm thankful for that. And um, I will just continue to do those things that I say that I i like to do which is remaining physically active getting adequate sleep i know that sounds stupid that may sound stupid to people because you know i've heard many people say things like oh, i could do like five six hours of sleep you compound that over you know a couple years it takes a toll on you and maybe you don't feel it when you're young but when you're in your 40s you feel it and sleep is so essential and you know eating eating well and I like to live, if anybody's interested, I like to kind of live by the 80-20. 80% of the time, I'm eating as healthy as possible. And 20% of the time, I'm, you know, I'm getting a quarter pounder with Big Mac sauce from McDonald's.
1: And I'm, I'm there right with you, croissant <laughs> and that shit.
0: It's keeping a hundred. Yeah. But I would love for you to tell me about what your stressors are and how you manage them and all that jazz. Because I feel like Evo and I are... Yeah, very different when it comes sure. to these things. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, so stress to me is where is where expectation doesn't meet reality. Hmm. OK, and I'm just going to let that, you know, sink in for a minute. And you know, I want people to listen to exactly what it is that I'm saying and try to under- understand why I've come to that, right? So think about your life, think about your expectations, and think about how you feel when reality does not meet your expectations. Thinking about it right now, the thought of it alone almost feels like it causes a little bit of anxiety.
0: That's interesting that you say that. While I was talking about my stress, I felt like a little quiver in yeah. my in my body.
1: Right? So being able to manage your attachment to the expectation is greatly going to determine how you feel, and the amount of time that you spend stressing over what it is that's going on in your life.
0: Yeah.
1: So, for me, it was learning how to let go of expectations, which was the ultimate key in being able to get over what was stressing me out at the point at that point in time. Hmm. An example I'm going to give you is that. I learned I learned this when I was very young and I was we, I've, we've spoken about this previously in the show but I just think that this is a you know it's a great example on how I was able to come to that to that conclusion mm. So as a young child I was sent to the Dominican Republic with no real idea of how long I was going to be there you know my parents separated And they sent my mom sent us to go stay with some family out in Dominican Republic. I was very young. I didn't understand what was going on, Uh, but I just knew that um, my brother was with me. And so if he was with me, everything was okay. But I missed my parents dearly. And I always had this expectation that at some point in time, they were going to come get me and I was going to go back home. That didn't happen, at least not right away. And over the course of the next couple of years, I ended up spending Seven years there. So for the first two years, I had this expectation that any mo- any day my mom was or my dad was going to walk through the door and they were going to pack us up and we were going to go back home. So for two years, I was living with this stress of when am I going to go back home? When am I going to go back home? All the while, I would have these periodic moments of... Um, Beauty and joy because I was on a very beautiful island mm-hmm. and, you know, the climate was great. The people and the hospitality were amazing, but I was homesick at the same time. So I was like, you know, in this crazy space where I was having fun and having a good time, but yet still emotionally stressed because I was missing something. And one day I said to myself as a young kid, believe it or not, Evo, either you let go of This expectation that you have, or you're gonna go crazy, you're gonna drive yourself nuts, because I used to get angry. There would be moments where I would be mad that they're not that they haven't come yet.
0: And how old were you at this time? Just about. So
1: when I went there, I was five. So this is probably like round when I was seven. I was still dealing with this. Mm. Uh, And I remember various moments of just feeling angry. And I would take that anger out. You could see it. You know, I would be grumpy. I would be lashing out at people. Mm. I wouldn't. I would be disobedient. You know, it's probably hard to deal with at the time. Um, and God bless my uncle and my aunt because they were just angels. They were saints. You know, they. I don't. I couldn't have picked. i, I could have been blessed with. Um, better you know, guardians. Better guardians and my grandmother. And even though I know that I probably wasn't easy at the and uh, those times when I was not feeling like I wanted to be there. But the moment I was able to let go of the expectation that they were going to walk through the door was the exact pivoting moment that I stopped feeling stressed. So at that point in time, I was I became I was that was my first step in becoming emotionally intelligent and learning about what my emotions do to me and what the power of perspective has on my ability to feel stressed or not stressed. Mm hmm. So that is nowhere near what like, you know, what the way you perceive stress. But I've always tried to live life after that in a state of hope for the best and expect the worst. You know, and I know that people have heard that before. Um, it's not my my saying, but when I heard it for the first time, it resonated with me because I felt that. I was like, hmm. I remember doing that. I remember like after letting go of that expectation moving forward, I really tried to not have these 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 gorilla grips on expectations. I more or less started to hope that things turned out great hmm. and ex- and put more of the expectation on the worst. So that way, if my expectation, well what what most people call expectations didn't pan out, it ended up being something that I at least kind of foresaw coming.
0: So since you say that it is different from the way that I look at stress, how would you define the difference between you and I?
1: Well, I would say that you, you, I feel like that you have more of a, um, of a finger to point on certain things that will cause stress in your life. Mm-hmm as to where the way I see it is more of on a, um, on a deeper level where it's just where your expectation doesn't meet your reality. To me, that is the inception of stress. That is when it's born. Mm-hmm. That's when it's first created. Like That is the, that is the big bang of stress, per okay. se, for me.
0: Okay, so then because you feel like I can kind of pinpoint the things that will provide stress to my life, I would think then I'm able to stay away from some of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So since for you it is just the Say it for me one more time. It is the
1: It is where reality, reality doesn't it doesn't meet expectation.
0: expectation. So then how do you keep yourself in a state of I guess preventative like, how are you preventing that from happening?
1: Great question. So I can't really prevent it from happening per se. Hmm. because our reality is is what we give our attention to okay and and if we're gonna give our time and attention to something, it's because that we have a, we have a vested interest in it, and if you have a vested interest in something. I believe to some degree, there's a certain expectation that you have that you want to come out of the attention that you're giving to something. I would agree. So by by default, you're setting an expectation. The trick is to be able to identify the fact that you're setting an expectation and to know that that expectation may not meet your reality. Mm. And to be well aware of what that may feel like and what that situation may look like so that you can anticipate it so that it doesn't blindside you, right? Because we all know, at least I believe that I know, that it's the ones that you didn't see coming that hurt the most, yeah, right? The ones that blindsided you are the ones that you um, remember for a long time and they almost become like a traumatic stressor in your life.
0: Yeah, I can name two things that blindsided me that I still talk about to this day. So
1: I like to, just for me personally, I like to try. I'm not saying that like this is a, something that I do every day or all the time. Because even I'm guilty of not doing this. But I try to replace my expectation with hope. And just take the expectation out of it. Because, man, there's nothing like having a failed expectation. That that um, uh, plat- platform where you set your expectations, they're very high. You want to achieve those expectations, right? So on your journey up to that expectation, when you get there and it doesn't meet that, the fall is severe. And when you hit the ground, the pain that you feel is hurtful. Yeah. So.
0: I applaud you for living in that space.
1: Thank you. I mean. (laughs)
0: Because as you say it, I just immediately feel anxious, yeah,
1: well, there was
0: That's, this is how I know that you and I are very like yeah. we 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 move very different in that space because for when I hear you say this, I'm like, why are we not putting a plan in place? yeah, and you're like, no, I want to live in the hope, <laughs> and I'm like, absolutely not
1: <laughs> yeah, because like I have been in many situations where things weren't working out the way that I wanted to, mm-hmm. and because I had this expectation, of how they were supposed to work out throughout the process when i kept not, my that situation uh, kept failing to meet my expectation the stress that i was feeling throughout that process was immense the disappointment the the frustration the um the anger all all types of negative emotions mm-hmm. and I, being able to identify that i did it to myself by setting an expectation on something that was going on in my life was the result of me feeling the way that i was feeling but in order to in order to be able to realize that i had to be able to go through those stressful moments right Mm -hmm. so that's how i got to that conclusion um i think that
0: i think that it's very profound for that to have happened at age seven
1: (laughs) well it didn't so it didn't exactly all right that's when it started
0: i know but still just the in just the inception of your process of how you look at stress to start at age seven Mm -hmm. i think is profound the reason why i say that is because when i think back to myself at seven years old Interestingly enough, you and I were in very similar situations. We were both living not with our parents. We were both sent somewhere to mm. be with. I was living with an aunt and an uncle at eight, seven. And my perception of my reality was vastly different. I was just like, I hate everything about this, but I'm going to act like I love it. Yeah. And you chose to truly love it. Yeah. And you lived in this freedom of just immersing yourself in this new environment and learning to love it. And I did the exact opposite. I just floated through this environment of, I have to be here against my will and I hate everything about it, but I'm gonna make everybody think that I'm okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the interesting thing was is that I, that I want to point out about that situation was that I was able to identify the thing that was causing me stress. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I was very fortunate. I wish this was the case for a lot of people. And I wish that as many people on this planet can can be in this situation, I had something of joy that I could replace with what was stressing me at that moment, mm-hmm. right? I was able to look in two directions, homesick, United States, parents, all the things that I was attached to back home. And on my right side was this beautiful island with so many great friends and so many beautiful people and so many great experiences that I had experienced. Which one was I going to give my time and attention to, right? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately our attention, our life is compiled of segments of where we decide to focus our attention at so i decided to focus my attention on something else yeah that's
0: why i say it's profound because i did not realize how beautiful my situation was when i was going through that until adulthood i reflect back on all of the great memories that i have just the other day our daughter asked us why is it that we go camping and i said it was because of my uncle my uncle is the one that i lived with and you know he Introduced me to the outdoors. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got much older that I can reflect upon my childhood and those really stressful moments that I went through, and realize that there was like there was real joy in those experiences. Yeah. But I did not. Uh, I did not wrap my head around that at age seven. So for you to have done that at that age, I think is it's just. I think it's just big.
1: Well, the one major thing that we did right differently mm-hmm. was that at that age. I chose to let go, mm-hmm. and, and I you chose you chose to bury.
0: Oh, and this is part of the reason why Evo and I, um, when we came together as a couple, it was, it's. I don't want to say it's weird, but it, we we're very yin and yang. Um, I'm very good at concealing the way that I feel. Not so much anymore because that's why I said earlier when I asked for help or I cried, Mm -hmm. that's big for me because that's not something that I would normally do. But whereas you, I can see you not in a good mood from a mile away, you know? I really have to like talk about it. But we were very yin and yang because you taught me how to let go a little bit. I remember very one, one moment in my brain was maybe our first couple of years of living together i was i came home from work and i had cleaned the house the day before and the kids had you know do what kids do and i blew my i blew my top and you pulled me aside and you were like you're gonna you have to let this go yeah you you have to realize that the house not being in order is like the least of your worries we're good everybody's good let it go and I remember what I did that day. I listened to what you said, and I put the chair by the window, and I sat by the window, and I just stared at the window what felt like forever. I just looked out the window. And I just kept replaying that in my head. And I was like, it's gonna let go. It's gonna let go. Cause it's so hard for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause to me, letting go means that I'm not doing something to this unrealistic expectation that I've put on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like trying to excel in everything. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna let go. And then I started to let go and I found it so funny. Because then you would get angry not angry, but you would get I was letting go a little bit too much. Evil was like, Why is this ironing board here every single day? You need to put this ironing board away. I was like, "No, nah,
1: So it's just gonna let it go. That's that's the crazy thing, right? So you became very good at at a young at a young age at um hiding and Mm -hmm. holding and managing your your stress right you became very well you're very very good at concealing it yeah right you can be stressed and no one know it Mm -hmm. as to where i had no experience in that so when i was stressed you saw it oh my god you could see it still
0: to this day you can still
1: see it to this day i don't do well with holding on to stress Mm -hmm. because i'm i've i've practiced so much um letting it go Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's still something, it's still a work in progress, but...
0: And sometimes when you are in those states of stress, I find myself, like, fidgeting in my seat. I'm just like, when is he going to get he over this?
1: is all over my face, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I want to help you through it because the way my thought process is, let's put a plan in place, let's figure it out. But yeah. I've learned there's just times you need you need for me just to hear you out. Yeah. And I've noticed when I just purely listen to you and i'm just like all right you feel better and you're like yeah i'm like okay great and all the thoughts and all the things i wanted to say i just walk away with them which is really hard for me and i'm just like he feels better that's all that's that's all that's important because for me i'm just like we didn't put a plan in place we didn't figure this out we didn't have a solution we didn't get anywhere but I've become okay with just knowing that you're not me and I'm not you. And if you feel better, that is the goal, well, right?
1: That's I mean, that's that's one of the, the things that has been very beneficial for us in our relationship, that I'm able to bring that to our relationship to help you. And in the same sense, I feel like you've been able to help me um, manage the stressful situations that mm-hmm. I need to deal with that I can't just let go of. Yeah. Right, these things need to be dealt with. And they need de- and they need to be worked through. And so those are the situations that um the way that you go about them and watching you have been very helpful for me. And I'd like to I'd like to give another example of something that we went through mm-hmm. that worked out for both of us and it was again us setting expectation on our life and life meeting that that ex- life not meeting that expectation. So I'm gonna say that again. It was us setting an expectation in our lives, and that expectation not being met, and the stress that it caused us. And I feel like a lot of people will identify with this as soon as I say it. And the what I'm talking about is the expectation that you have on your children. Yeah, I said it right. A lot of us are guilty of. Having setting expectations on the way that our children are supposed to grow up and who they're supposed to be. And for many years, while our children were growing up, um, you know, through school and with their academics and their behaviors and the things that they were doing, we had an expectation of how they were supposed to be based on the life that we were providing them. We felt hmm. that because we were doing Everything and yeah. anything possible to give them the things that we didn't have that somehow, miraculously, they were supposed to appreciate life better than, more than we did.
0: Yeah.
1: That they were supposed to be eternally grateful in the way that we would be had we had that life that we were providing to them.
0: Yeah. That well, perception was not real. <laughs> I mean,
1: like, when you think about it, right, what sense does that actually make? How is that you expect someone else to be appreciative for having the things that you didn't have? You're the only one with the hindsight to look back and say, wow, that is very valuable because I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. So we went through many years of just frustration with our kids when they kept failing to meet these expectations that we set. Until one day we looked at each other and we said i think it was me i said it to you
0: yeah again evil I, being
1: i came to the realization evil. that i was like babe we have to stop this we're driving ourselves crazy we are trying to set expectations on a human being that has free will we are trying to we are, we are expecting a result because we're providing them something, right? We're giving them something, and we're expecting them to react in a way that is favorable to us, mm-hmm. not considering their free will.
0: And not considering it maybe not being favorable for them. For them,
1: yes. Yeah. And so at that moment, I said, babe, we have to stop setting these expectations on these kids, and we have to turn, we have to flip this around and pat ourselves on the back for accomplishing what it is that we said we were going to do. We have to congratulate ourselves for all the effort and showing up the way that we said we were going to and let life take its course the way that it's supposed to.
0: And I feel like you can apply that to almost any situation. If yes. you're showing up and you're putting in the work, results may vary. Yeah,
1: Well, I mean, but I mean, but you're still more specifically up. in this situation, for the parents that are setting expectations on their kids and for the kids who've had expectations set on them by their parents, hmm Know that there is and there is a flip side to that. And the flip side is the parents giving themselves the credit for showing up and doing what it is that they were supposed to do. And secondly, allowing the kids just to experience that the way that their perception allows them to. Giving them the free will to create their own reality based on what you've given them and loving them for that. Because guess what? They're going to love you in return. Our relationship did a 180 with our kids once we started going about things that way. The pressure that was, that, was, that was coming from us as far as who they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be doing stopped projecting in that direction. They were no longer in the defense anymore from all this energy that we were putting on them of how they were supposed to be living their lives. Mm-hmm. And when we took that negative tension out of our relationships what it, what came out of it was a beautiful relationship that we were so
0: that we still are
1: that we still are so willing to be in each other's company we are so we've the the um we've developed this relationship now where we can openly communicate and talk to each other we can they can say things to us without feeling like that whatever they say to us we're going to take negative negatively because we have this expectation of how they're supposed to be living their lives yeah and we've in turn just been it been felt so good about what we've done that it took all the negativity and all the stress out of what we thought life should have been
0: yeah i think it made the aspect of parenting feel very different We were just like listen we're going to give you the guide the best way that we can. We're going to try to give you an understanding of what morals and values are Mm -hmm. and some of the ways that you could walk through life that will make things good for you. Whether you choose to do those things or not, that's your choice. But my job as a parent is to be your guide, especially after a certain point. And we continue to do that. We still continue to do that. But there's no expectation of... The guiding that the guidance that we're giving is going to turn into something else. It's going to turn into whatever they want it to be, yeah, which we, is so f- feel so free. I'm just like as have you're fun saying with this, that. right?
1: You were to- as you were saying that. I'm thinking. You said like as parents, you know, we're supposed to be guides, and I was just thinking this like the same thing in my mind. Where I think a lot of parents forget what parental guidance actually is. Yeah. Right. You're a guide. Think about all the guides that you've gotten in your life. You've made a choice whether to follow that guide or not. Mm -hmm. No guide has ever been forced upon you and made you guide, made you live your life by that guide. And if it did, you probably rebelled to some degree. Mm -hmm. Think about the relationship that you had with that guide when it was forced upon you. Yeah. So as a parent, your parental guidance should be objective or subjective to the to the people that you place them on
0: yeah well subjective would mean that's like open to interpretation so when i'm
1: so then it should be optional or yeah yeah you shouldn't have this expectation that because you're setting you're giving your children guidance that they're they have to live by it and i I think that that you're setting yourself up for failure because i know we were we did
0: oh man those are some tough years yeah they were but this is a great time for us to transfer over to the cards unless there's anything else that you'd like to share.
1: No, no, those are the, those are the two examples that yeah. I, I hope that, you know, by sharing those that people are able to hopefully identify with some of the stuff in those moments and use them to help them in their daily lives. And with that being said, we're going to the cards. Yeah. All right. What color you want?
0: Did I go first last time?
1: Uh, Yeah, you did.
0: Okay, so you go first. All right. I'm just gonna take. What color is this? Yellow. That's yellow.
1: And on the theme of stress, I'm gonna go with blue. <laughs>
0: is blue the signifier of stress? I'm blue. Oh, okay. You know,
1: I guess I don't. I don't know. All right. Describe a time when I disappointed you, but you acted like nothing was wrong.
0: Yikes! Describe a time that you disappointed me, and and I acted like nothing. I was. feel
1: like that's like a regular thing for for women to do. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. Uh, nothing. No. No. Nothing's wrong. But man, I guess one that was significant. Honestly, I can I can name a couple just off the top of my head.
0: When you disappointed me, and I acted like nothing was wrong. Honestly, Evo, I if you have, they've been very minuscule. It's, uh, no, it's like, no, <laughs> no, big things,
1: yes. And we so,
0: <laughs> okay, so you could say because it yeah. I it's not coming to me. I'm right saying
1: now. it because I because I can look back at it and appreciate it for what it was, okay. And it's the many of times where I've you've told me. We've gone out and you've told me, hey, can you like go easy on the drinking? And I have like blown past it like I got no sense. And I'm just literally like just throwing them back. And obviously disregarded what it is that you asked me to do. So now you are disappointed in me. And you are extremely disappointed in me because I've done this multiple times. But yet when we're out, you don't show it. Yeah, and
0: that's Gina being In a
1: lot of cases, in a lot of cases, she'll wait till the next morning to talk to me about it. She won't even get into it with me on the way home because I've been drinking. An immense amount of discipline that you, uh, that you, exhibited in those times, and I've looking back at it. You know, I applaud you for that. Thank you.
0: Um, now I think about that. You're coming close to a year, Evo.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I so this month. Is it this month? Where are we at? What today's
0: day? We're in August.
1: So in It'll uh, be a year in on, December. On the twenty sixth, it'll be nine months.
0: Yeah. I mean month. you're coming close. Yeah. Okay. What's one thing you'd like to get better at over the next year? Oh, that's a good one.
1: One thing I'd like to get better at over the next year. I would say I would like to get Better at being, a, and I would like to get better at being in this space that I'm in. And what I mean by that is,
0: I know exactly what you mean.
1: I have, I have turned a new leaf in my life, and it start. You know, it's it's it began with uh, the decision to quit drinking. Mm-hmm. I drank for a very long time, and when I drank and I found something that I like, I drank it and I drank it a lot. So. Now being going on nine months, you know, I'm just starting to feel the real effects of all of that coming out of my body. And so now I wanna be able to get better at capitalizing off of what it is that I'm feeling and really using this as an opportunity to build off of. And I hope that it trajects me into a space that had I not quit drinking, I would have never seen otherwise.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs)
1: Round of applause for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and on that note, that brings us to the end of the episode. And I kind of feel like this guy from the Apollo. Good night and God bless. And
1: <laughs> no, that's <laughs> uh, Russell said? Simmons. Thank you yeah. for coming. God bless you. Good night.
0: Yeah, it was the Apollo, right? No,
1: that was a uh, deaf comedy Chat.
0: Oh, God, I'm messing us all <laughs> up. Yeah, but that's what I feel like saying. But until next week on Spark Talk Fridays, we'll recreate conversations about life, ladies and gentlemen.